Hello and welcome to the VentureForth Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Mahavudivani. We'll be chatting with some of the most interesting founders, startups, and VCs about the experiences that led them to where they are today, what they're currently working on, as well as the journey ahead of them. Today I'm joined by my good friend Hussein Kasai, co-founder and CEO of OnFido. OnFido is an awesome service that makes background check screening extremely easy and cost effective. I'm a huge fan of Hussein and OnFido and I've had a great personal and professional experience with the product. And with that, I'd like to welcome Hussein to the show. It's great to be here. Hussein, can you tell us a little bit about your background and your path to starting OnFido? Of course. So for me, it started back almost 10 years ago when I turned 16 and I applied to 160 places to work and I know that it was 160 because I printed 160 resumes and I didn't end up getting a job anywhere and at the end I sort of found my place at a supermarket and it was as a result of filling in an online questionnaire followed by an interview and only then did they ask me for my name and age and everything else. And that made me think at, at the outset, you know, we have an issue whereby companies aren't choosing or, or hiring based on merits alone. And that it is an asymmetry of information problem and that technology can, can help address that. And so fast forward um, during university, I started a company called Reference Box, And it was a third party independent source for everyone to collect references from their lecturers or, 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 or others and then forward that to employers along with their resume. And pretty soon that fails too. I could see that essentially employers wanted up-to-date references and references specifically written for them. So I could see that essentially isn't, isn't working either. And then I became part of the Oxford Entrepreneur Society. So along with my one of my co-founders, Eamon, we, we were the, I was a president and he was a vice president and it was a student-run entrepreneurship group. And we had a lot of fun and we learned a, a great deal. And during that process, we worked in the city. So I was at an investment bank for a week and I could very clearly see that the background checking process was, was manual, cumbersome and essentially broken. And not only that, but across a whole range of processes whereby individuals are, are checked, be it customers at banks or, or employees and others, they, they go through very manual checks and hence I, I recognize there's a need for technology. And at the same time, we felt that the future is going to be completely different. And essentially, we, we're moving from a world whereby people tend to know each other and interact with, with those in a local community to an increasingly globalized world where we are constantly interacting with perfect strangers. So it can be ordering an on-demand nanny or a tutor to come to your house, or it can be transacting on any one of the sort of fintech platforms and that essentially trust underpin all of these services. So having gone through the background checking process ourselves and seeing how broken it was essentially, and how the future is gonna need a much more robust and technology-driven solution, we left and we set up the company four years ago. And so since then, we've grown to a little over 145 uh, people. We have. We serve over a thousand clients and I'm now based in our US office and as a company sort of our mission is to create the trust engine that helps power human interactions worldwide. Wow that's incredible. How did you build your team and was it difficult starting out in the UK uh, and then eventually making the transition here? 
It was tough. It is tough, I'm sure, for any startup. Your, your team is, the way I see it, by far your, your greatest asset. Uh, so for us, we were potentially, to your UK-US question, at a bit of an advantage because the talent pool in the UK, because it draws upon talent from across Europe, uh, is potentially more available. At the very least, the, the competition for talent is not as fierce as, as it is out here in sort of San Francisco. So we were able to attract sort of pretty top quality talents and, and have been able to continue to do that. And the way we have structured the company is that our headquarters is, is in London in the sense of the engineering team predominantly, and then our business development, sales, customer service, and so on are, are based here in the States. But building a team for any startup is tough. And the way we've been able to do it is to build an extremely strong culture where people come and they look forward to work and everyone is everyone has a voice and that voice is heard and everyone's contributing into building something that's big and that is sort of on, on, on a mission to, to basically build this trust engine to power human interactions worldwide. And that is, I think, what any startup should do in the sense of not underestimate the value of, of your culture. And I, I'm sure we can get into a bit more on how we built ours and, and what it sort of represents. Definitely. Actually, I mean, that's a great transition into culture. Building culture has been at the tip of everyone's tongue lately, especially in Silicon Valley. How did you go about defining yours and what represents on Fido? Great question. So culture for, for us, um, so how did we build this? We built it after it was probably six months into the business. Um, there were probably around 12 of us at the time. So we pulled our ideas together saying, what kind of a place do we want to come and work? Um, and what are the, the behaviors and the norms that we want to aspire to? And that we would, we would set the bar so that anyone else wanting to join the company would have to be part or adhere to these cultural principles. And we sort of brainstormed, we took a half a day out and we brainstormed and we ended up with four cultural values that, that we um, hold and aspire to and essentially encourage. And the four are represented by animals, uh, animal figures. So one is, is essentially a lion, which means to be proud of your work. And that is important because it doesn't matter what kind of work you're doing, if you're proud of it, then you're gonna give it your all. Second is to be like a penguin because a penguin is known for being very collaborative. And as any team, especially a young founding team, is only gonna do well if they have a collaborative mind frame. Third is, is to act uh, in a chimp-like manner in the sense of learning and teaching others. And any startup, given that there's always so much to do and, and everyone it needs to support and help each other and learn from each other, you, you need to be able to uh, act and, and help others learn, right? It's, it's sort of the Tesla frame of thinking in that, Every single person in the company, either I am learning from you or I'm not. It's, it's pretty binary, sort of, so to speak. And finally is, is a finch. And a finch represents thinking outside of the box and thinking of innovative ways. And we only are here as a collective group starting and growing this company because we want to do things in a far better way than they've ever been done before. And in order to do so, we need to get creative and we need to pool our ideas and approach things with a complete fresh um, way of thinking and build something that's going to be um, cutting edge and next generation as opposed to replicating something that's been done in the past. So these are the four cultural values and anyone who joins the company, there, there's always two parts to it. One is competency-based, are they good at what, what, they, what they do? And the second is their own fidocity, or essentially how much of our cultural traits do they exhibit. And we, as a company, sort of we brand these cultural traits and, and sort of animal figures across everything, be it our mugs or posters and so on. 
and at the end of every quarter we have our, our hands meetings whereby we give an award to the as voted by uh, everyone in the team to those who emulate and, and show these cultural traits more than anyone else and and you get sort of two tickets to the zoo if you win i love that that is the most fascinating culture story i've ever heard and it's awesome that you've encapsulated that into animals that anybody can identify and relate to that's great so you mentioned that your business development is primarily in the states and engineering primarily in london does this mean you're focusing your growth in the states or are you growing worldwide being an international company so to quickly explain we have two sides to to, to our offering one is background checks and this can be criminal driving a whole set of different sort of database searches sanctions, politically exposed persons, your OFAC and everything else. We've aggregated these and we've put it on an API. So essentially we deliver it in an effective technologically driven way. It's cost effective, it's robust and, and, and so on. And the other side of the business is our identity verification solution, which is what we're most well known for and what we're the best at. Background checks, we are a leader in and there are other providers who also do it. Whereas identity verification, we, are, we can very clearly show how we're better than, than anyone else. And insofar as identity verification goes, it's essentially being able to verify that someone is who they claim to be online. And traditionally, this has been done in a, in a very manual uh, way, whereas we have automated it and made it robust. So as a, as a user, if you want to be onboarded onto a, a bank or a fintech company or a sharing or on-demand company or whatever the application may be, you as a consumer, you hold out your smartphone or you sit behind your, your sort of computer you take an image of your driving license or passport, we verify that that is genuine, and then we carry out other checks such as facial recognition and database searches and so on to verify that you are who you claim to be. Now, insofar as our product offering goes, we are very much a global company and we have customers across different countries. And the reason why the US is our largest market as well as our fastest growing one is because not only is the market bigger here, but most of our customers who go global are headquartered in the US, which is why it's, it's I'm here and our business development team are also here. That's incredible. I always love uh, meeting fast growing companies. Speaking of fast growing, you've raised a significant amount of money both in Europe and also in the States. Can you talk about what it's like to raise money in Europe and how that differs from here and what you're going to do with that money? Good, very good question. Uh, and so far as um, I guess one part of it is what's it like to raise and what are the differences between the Euro European funds versus the US ones? There aren't that many differences, especially if it's like a global fund, which, which has offices on, on both sides. Some of the finer differences are, I suppose, here there are more funds to, to I guess, to be a pick from or, or speak with. And in Europe, there aren't as many. And I find that the funds here in the US, I suppose, have more of a focus in terms of long-term vision, which is, which is both refreshing and good to see. And there are also many more, I guess, what you would call corporate uh, funds out here, and, and, and that always helps. So in our last round, for example, Salesforce invested, Salesforce Ventures, and that's because of the Salesforce Financial Services Cloud, which is strategically a, a very important partner to us. Um, and so far as what we're going to do with the money, that is uh, always, I guess, a, a, an interesting one. <laughs> it's, it's the fundamentally, there's two sizes, business and, and business development and growth, and the other half is just the technology. So continuing to invest in, in ensuring that we always have the most cutting edge kits to offer to clients. Some of the big news lately, especially as it pertains to uh, Europe and the UK, is of course Brexit. 
How does that affect your business, if at all? Well, it inevitably affects all businesses, um, either who are have an office in the UK or have some sort of trade or relations with the UK. Uh, on the economic side, there has not been an economic impact, it, 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 as 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 sort of um, as it hasn't with most companies. And there's just a, a period of uncertainty for about two years, but there's not been an economic impact. However, the the worst of it has been, a, a most of all, a distraction, because we represent 44 nationalities, and um, a lot come from many come from Europe. And as for them, it's sort of in two years' time, what's going to change? Am I sort of how, how are my plans going to change? And it's just that the mental um, effort and energy that it sort of consumes and creates uncertainty. That has been the biggest, I guess, both distraction and discomfort because you can't be a, a happy and sort of um, member of the team looking forward to the future if you don't know what the future is going to look like. So it has had negative impacts on balance, and then the main one being it as as a distraction. But we're pretty optimistic in that Europe and the UK have had a long term successful relationship, and we're pretty hopeful that the actual result in two years or so will be that. For all intents and purposes, the relations are going to exist exactly as they are today. Um, just, just by name, we're no longer part of the European Union. So there's some better funded and perhaps better networked competitors in the market. What advantages does Onfido offer from its competitors, and how will you win? Yeah, very, very both true and and, and I guess for me <laughs> exciting, just because. Um, it wouldn't be fair to say things were getting easy before competitors came along, but things are definitely a lot more interesting. Just because for, for me and my co-founders, we've never had it easy, right? And, and we would never want it to be easy. I guess we perform the best when we are uh, how you would call um, driven and hungry to, to both prove that, that we um, not only will be the winner, but deserve to be the winner. Because we have our, the odds stacked against us being sort of a, a, in the US, not, not the first mover. Um, so insofar as how we're performing, what the unique value proposition is, for many clients who come to us, their interest is falls under three categories. The first is they want to be able to do identity verification as well as background checks. Because fundamentally, if you are not meeting that individual who you're doing a background check on, that individual will not, if they have an adverse record, like a criminal record, they're unlikely to give you the accurate information online. They're likely to give a cousin or a friend or, or put someone else's date of birth, name, address, and social security number. So companies who recognize that, especially the scalable ones, they want us to do our robust remote identity verification first ahead of going ahead and, and doing the background checks. The second part of it is, is that being a global company means that companies who want to go global, we have the most appealing value proposition because not only do we do the US, we are also able to offer the checks across the world and therefore they're able to have everything under one roof. The third category of customers who come to us are typically the ones who do a thorough job of, of researching and doing tests on our technology versus other alternatives. And as and when those who have tested our, our, our product, both in terms of the API and sort of the, the code base, we tend to win on those tenders too. So I guess in summary, it's it's what you would call, if you are an underdog, everyone likes that kind of story. And, and secondly, we will feel like we've earned it when the time comes in, in two or so years when it's gonna be clear who the winner is. But equally, in, in the meantime, our value proposition is, is particularly strong on these three areas. When audience verification is required, when it's a global company, uh, a company looking to do checks on a global basis, 
and three, when, when technology counts and the product teams significantly or spend resources evaluating all the, techno- all the providers, we tend to win. Once you've taken over the world with background and identity, what's next? Good question. It's going to take some time to come, but as sort of migrant founders, there are a couple of things that are particularly important to us. So everyone's privacy is, is one of them. And we're moving to a world whereby we don't want to uh, ever hold data on anyone. And we don't right now, we don't ever want to change that model. We don't do any social media checks or we'll, and we'll never do so either. And that's just like private and it's got nothing to do with uh, someone wanting to either hire you or onboard you as a customer of a, say, a fintech company or something. There are many other projects that we're going to go on to as well. So we are eventually going to be doing elections for countries because all of that should be done online. There's no need for you. It's essentially, it's a democratic right for you to be able to vote. So out here in the, during the primaries, we saw on TV, you have people queuing up for six hours or nine hours just to vote. Like That no longer makes sense. All of that has, should, should be done online. As um, you have an issue with which, which is completely bizarre and you have sort of refugees from war-torn countries, be it Syria or elsewhere, and, and they are um, less able to come to places like Western Europe or the US purely because they carry a risk premium and a quick and easy identity verification check in their country of origin and then repeat it when they arrive can verify that it's the same person and, and no one has stolen their identity in transit and hence more of them are able to, to come over. Third, as sort of migrant founders, we know firsthand that it doesn't make any sense for you to have to be a very capable person landing in a country and have to wait for three or six months for the identity verification, like credit reference agencies to recognize you and before you're able to rent a place or get a bank account or, or, and things of that nature. So every time we sign up a customer who, who is utilizing robust remote identity verification, we know that we're helping onboard more users and, and bring, be it the unbanked or otherwise, uh, into the global economy. So we have, um, as you can see, quite a long way to go. Definitely. That's a really exciting, I'm going to guess, like a 10-year plan here for you. With the fresh funding, are you guys hiring? And how can our audience help you? So we're always hiring. And and talent uh, and the team is is by far the most important thing. And we are, the way I see it, not just three co-founders and and 140-odd colleagues, but I would like to think that we're a team of 145 co-founders. So anyone who is, is joining, as long as they share our vision and our cultural values and are looking to be part of a, a company and essentially contribute and have a long-term plan with us, then we're always eager to sort of meet and, and speak. And we're, we're hiring across the board in, in every single field. We're pretty selective. Um, so it's, it's a case of, yeah, in terms of who can help and how you can help, one is please do apply to, especially if you're listening to Joe's podcast, is the kind of, kind of I'm sure, kind of person we'd love to sort of speak with. The second is um, if you are, whenever, um, looking to explore different providers on identity verification or background checks or know anyone who is, then, then you, you'll know about us now on FIDO and we, we are here to, to help. Awesome. Yeah, I think that on FIDO is one of the most exciting companies that I've encountered and wish from an investment standpoint could have gotten into much earlier. So I'd like to kind of wrap up with some quick fire questions, sort of fun Q&A that just respond with the first thing that comes to mind. So the first is, and I've heard this both ways, how do you pronounce on Fido? Is it on Fido or on Fido? Good question. It's, it's on Fido. And, and the way it's written in, in some countries, especially like European ones, they pronounce it on Fido. 
but uh, on Fido is the name. And, and the, the story behind this is that in Latin, Fido stands for trust and Confido stands for confidence. So we're tr a cross between confidence and trust and essentially building this trust engine to power human interactions worldwide and, in, and being able to provide that confidence and trust in, in those you're interacting with. What apps can you not live without? Um, very good question. So one of the main ones that I'm just getting into is called Blinkist, B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. And it's just sort of a summary of nonfiction books and, and then summarizes it and summarizes it in sort of a, a really, really great way. There are all these apps that, that are for like company-wide, so Trello or, or, or Slack and all the ones that, that I'm on. Um, we have our own company app, sort of what essentially what we use to demo the SDK, which I, I can say because I use it all the time, I probably couldn't live, live, <laughs> live without that. And as a big sort of sharing and on-demand economy enthusiast, I've got almost all of them maybe. The one that I use more than anything else is, is like probably no, 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 no surprise to anyone. It's, it's Lyft and, and Uber. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me. What do you collect, if anything, and why? What do I collect? I do collect, you mean other than business cards? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I travel quite a bit. And um, to, to be at New York, I mean, based in San Francisco, I go to New York and London quite a bit. So I try to travel in a light way. Um, what I do like is, as in when I, um, I, 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 I take a lot of notes, be it when speaking with an advisor, a board member, or a friend, or, or otherwise, on what I can learn and what I can share with others. So I guess I, I am a collector of, of what I seem to think are, are um, useful and productive um, ideas. Which startups, founders, or investors do you admire? So the... All of this, I know firsthand, uh, as I'm sure do many of your listeners, that startups aren't easy and they just get more challenging with time. So, so there, there are many startups that, that is, you could find yourself learning from, especially those who haven't necessarily done well, if they're open to sharing their key lessons and so on. So the founders, or at least the startups that I'm particularly interested by, one uh, is Payjoy. Uh, and Payjoy essentially offer a smartphone to any, anyone who's unbanked and you basically um, get the smartphone say for $500 and then you repay $10 a month and they have an app on there so that if you don't make the repayment they'll just switch the phone off to make the whole business model work, work quite well and all the ones who are looking after or, or, or approaching helping the unbanked come into the global economy are, are particularly interesting ones that I, that I follow. That's super awesome. Finally, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, good. I, I, I am quite young, <laughs> so and, and there is a, a long way to go. But, but um, I suppose now that you've asked, I would, what I think I would be most proud of, if, if I can look back in 10 years from now and see that um, we have fostered a whole generation of entrepreneurs who have um, at that point left the company and, uh, and are doing wonderful, big uh, and um, world-changing startups and companies. Uh, that, that I think I would be most proud of. Awesome, well, I'd really like to thank you for your time today and it's been such a pleasure, not only doing this podcast, but also getting to know you over uh, the last year and a half or so. So thank you for being on the podcast. Real pleasure, real pleasure. Thank you for the questions. 